0: What's up church, how are we doing everybody? Are you good today? Man, it's great, great to see everybody uh, here at, uh, as we kick off our new series. I wanna take a minute, I wanna welcome everybody who is watching right now via the interwebs online. We love you, come on church, let's welcome everybody who's watching with us. So glad online that you're with us. And uh, I wanna take a minute just to encourage you, we're in our Advent devotionals and uh, if you haven't jumped in to do that, I, it's not too late, all right? I know it's technically December 4th, but you can catch up quickly and it's awesome. I mean, it's just a great way to center your thoughts around the real reason for the season, right? And, and his name is? Jesus. Jesus, that's right, yeah. And there's there's, there's, a, there's definitely a lot of stuff hitting us uh, right now in the world. So, so many, so many opportunities to put your focus elsewhere, uh, but as a believer and as, uh, as a follower of Christ, like the whole point of Christmas is Jesus and what he came to do. And it's powerful when we center our thoughts around it. And so uh, we started doing this as our family. Uh, we, 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 we started and so we're three days in and it's been it's just been awesome, it's been great. It's fun watching my kids process. You know, they're, they're a year older than last year. It's the same content, but they're a year older. And so they're processing this differently. They're processing it. They're a little bit more mature. They, they understand a little bit more about God. And uh, and now my four-year-old, we're letting her, you know, kind of enter into the conversation a little bit as well. And, uh, and so it's been really, really cool. And so I wanna encourage you to jump in and do this. It's powerful. You can go to our app and download the app and follow along. I promise you'll be glad that you did. If you believe it, say, I do. I do. And then first Wednesday, this Wednesday, is gonna be powerful. We're gonna be talking about how to pray prayers that get answered. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's gonna be awesome. I mean, that's the kind of prayer you wanna pray. And so we we'll are gonna be talking about that. And so join us, it's gonna be amazing. And uh, so, because obviously that's really important, but, but I also wanna encourage you because this time again, spending time in the presence of God at this point in the year is really, really important. And so first Wednesday, a little bit more worship. Uh, a little bit more time to pray and seek the Lord. I want to encourage you to come out this Wednesday and I promise it will be encouraging to you. And if you believe it, say amen. amen. Okay. Um okay, we're starting a new series. We're calling it Promises or The Promise and and uh, it's all about Christmas because Christmas really is about about a promise that is made and a promise that is kept. And there may be nothing uh, maybe more encouraging or uh just more exhilarating to your spirit than having someone make a promise to you and then keep that promise for you, right? Like it's just, it's powerful when someone comes through and they're like, they said they were gonna do something, then they did it, and it leaves you going like, oh man, I love you. You know, it makes you, it makes you say that. And it makes you kind of, I feel like this meme, maybe you've used this meme before, one of my favorite memes that I love just to send out to people right there. You guys know what I'm talking about? That guy. And then he's just like looking at you and he's like, yeah, wait, one more. And then he's like, I love you. And yeah, that's what it makes you feel like, right? When someone comes through for you. Um, maybe, maybe this is no more proved out when you, than when you get ready to move. How many of you know that moving is the worst? Come on, just raise your hand like this collective misery here that moving is the worst and you find out who your friends are when you go to move, it's true, right? It's true. Like you, you know, you you, you want to call people, you get pe- get people together, and you you know, it's like, oh man, you know, hey, I I'd, I'd like to have you, you know, would you mind helping me? You know, would you mind helping me move? And and someone's like, oh man, I would, but I'm busy that day. And you're like, but I didn't even tell you what day it was. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but I'm busy that day too. Whenever you're moving, you know, when your friend, you know you know who your friends are. And then they, those people who tell you they're gonna come and then you see them pull up in your driveway and it's like, it's like everything gets in slow motion, right? It's kind of like cinematic, like their, their hair's flowing and you're just like, I love you. And they show up and, and of course your boxes are packed. Let's have a public service announcement, okay, everybody? When you go to move... When you go to move, you pack those boxes before you get people over there. You don't wanna be showing up with your stuff all over the floor, expecting people to pack it all up for you. No, 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 that's not how it works. All right, I feel better, I feel better. But they start moving the boxes, they start moving the boxes and you're just like, yes, you said you were going to do it and you did it, you came through, you kept your promise. There's nothing like a promise kept. And I want to encourage you today that that's what Christmas is. Christmas is about a promise that was made and a promise that was kept. And so as we go through this series over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some of the characters of Christmas and, and how the promise Uh, of Jesus interacted with their life, spoke to their life and made a a massive difference in their life. And then still speaks to us today, all right? Challenges us and encourages us. And so I wanna start with, with one of the Christmas characters that most of us don't talk a lot about, all right? Now we talk a lot about the shepherds. We talk a lot about the Magi. We certainly talk about Mary and Joseph, but do you know who we don't talk about? Bruno, that's right, Bruno. We don't talk about (laughs) Bruno. And Simeon, okay, Simeon, okay? So Simeon's the one that we're actually gonna be talking about today. Um, Honest question, little survey here, everybody. Let's just be real, honest. We're in church, so you have to be honest in church. Um, How many of you know, if like I brought, grab one of the microphones and came over to you, how many of you would be able to, to tell me Simeon's story? Raise your hand, okay, just honest Look at that, not many, right? Like so, and that's 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 just because it's so easy to gloss over his story. Even as we're reading Luke, like you know, Mary, because Mary and Shepherds and Magi, and but Simeon, we just gloss over it. He doesn't have a nativity character. <laughs> and so we just gloss over, it. but he's a really important Christmas. Character, and so I want to look at uh, Simeon's story, and Simeon's story happens uh, in Luke, Luke chapter two, actually. So if you want to turn there in your Bibles, we're going to get there in just a minute. But but Simeon is is a guy he's a he's a guy who shows up at Jesus's baby dedication. So it's pretty cool. You're reading through the Bible, and Jesus actually gets dedicated in the same way that we dedicate babies here at Summit Park. Uh, Jesus was, was, was dedicated. They took uh, Mary and Joseph, on the eighth day, they, they took Jesus to be dedicated to the Lord and they brought, they brought offerings and they, they sacrificed offerings and they said, this, God, this child is yours. And so they're there at this dedication and it's in this moment that Simeon sees the fulfillment of not one, but two promises, two promises. Because he experiences the fulfillment of the first promise, which is, that God would provide a Messiah that was promised uh, hundreds of years ago and then even at the beginning of time when everything went sideways in the Garden of Eden. So that, that happens and he experiences it when he sees Jesus. But the second is that God had also promised Simeon specifically that he would see the Messiah, that he would get a chance to experience it. So it would happen And it would also happen in his lifetime and he would get a chance to interact with. So he's walking around waiting for this promise to happen and he's looking forward to the promise to be fulfilled. Now, here's why this is really important for us. Because many of us will experience a promise. If you're walking with God for any amount of time, you're gonna experience a promise. You're in the word, you're gonna experience a promise. And when you experience that promise, uh, you're gonna have a period of time waiting for that promise to be fulfilled. and I'm going to talk up a little bit about that later, but what I want to just encourage you with today uh, as we get started is this, that that some of you might be waiting. You might be in a position of waiting. Maybe you're waiting for your, your marriage to get better and you feel like God spoke to you and it's going to get better. Or you're waiting for a healing to happen. Or you're waiting for a, a calling to be realized. And you're in this moment of you've received a promise, but you haven't experienced the promise You're Waiting, that's where Simeon was before he saw Jesus and it's gonna speak to us and encourage us uh, today. And while I wanna give you a little bit of background uh, before we jump into Luke chapter two and it's, it's actually in Isaiah chapter nine. So if you, if you already turned to Luke chapter two, you may hold your place there and go to Isaiah chapter nine and I wanna look at a, 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 the promise that was given hundreds of years, probably 700 years before Jesus showed up, there's a promise given prophecy uh, prophecy, uh, prophecy through Isaiah about who Jesus will be. And it's, we can pick it up in Isaiah chapter nine, verse one says this, nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. So he's like, man, there was gloom before, but there won't be gloom anymore. Verse two, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned." Okay, so he's talking about, man, there will be no more gloom. There will be no more distress. What is he talking about? And this is the beautiful thing about the Bible. What you wanna do is when you're reading a passage like that or when you're, when you're seeing how things connect, different passages connect, just look at them in context, zoom a little bit further out. So if you just look to Isaiah chapter eight, the chapter right before Isaiah chapter nine, which is a very Christmas chapter, you find the setting. And the setting is Isaiah 8. At the end of it, I want to pick it up in verse 21. It's a very dark experience. And the reason it's dark is because one of Judah's kings had made an alliance with Assyria. And this alliance uh, got the people together. And what ended up happening is uh, some of God's people started worshiping false gods. Big, no, no, that's a big deal. And so they're led astray. They're, they're giving into their sin. They're moving away from God. And God's like, this is gonna go bad for you. I told you not to do this. And it's the very thing that you are doing. And so that's where this setup is happening in Isaiah chapter eight. All right, so verse 21, this is what happens to the people or what is going to happen to the people. Distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom, and they will be thrust into utter darkness. It's this is prophecy that because you did what you should not have done, it's gonna go really, really bad for you. It's gonna feel dark, it's gonna feel very gloomy. And what's interesting is this is exactly what happens with sin, right? Like when we sin, we think it's going to give us satisfaction, but it only leaves us more hungry than when we started, right, church? Like we think it's gonna provide answers, but it only leaves us with more questions. We we think it's gonna satisfy our soul, but it only ravages our soul, leaving us desperate. That's sin. It's like walking in darkness. It's what walking in darkness, it's it's kind of like getting up in the middle of the night, you know, and, and going to get a drink of water, going to the restroom, and and you realized that your kids have been full of demonic spirits and have left Legos <laughs> on the floor. How many of you know those Legos are tricky? They hurt. You're walking and you just step on one and then it causes you to bump into the, you know, the bed or into the, into the dresser. And all of a sudden you're just walking with a limp and then you slip on a stuffed animal. It's just a bad situation. And you're just hoping, just wishing you could get to the light. That's what he's talking about. He's saying that like you, when, when you sin, you're walking in darkness. You think it's great, but you're actually making yourself more confused. You're actually making yourself more desperate. And and this is what happened to the nation of Judah. It was what was prophesied. It's what happened. It's what's happening to you and me today. Every time we sin, every time we lie, every time we steal, every time we cheat, it's like we walk in darkness. There's a darkness that comes into our heart. There's a devastation that takes over our land. Some of you are thinking, Scott, I'm so glad I came to church for this encouraging message. Let me me tell you, this is what makes Christmas so awesome. It's because it it's that backdrop that the light pierces through. It's that darkness, that loneliness, that desperate situation where Christmas comes. Christmas is the end of darkness. Christmas is light coming into the world to dispel the darkness. Look at Isaiah nine, verse two again, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light is dawned. He's saying, it's not gonna be gloomy anymore. When Jesus shows up, he pierces the, he pierces the darkness with his light. It's like, it's like sunrise. I love sunsets. They're beautiful, but sunrises are so significant because everything's dark, but then you see that sun start coming up and it just beams of light start piercing through. And then all of a sudden, everything that was dark is now light. How many of you know when the son of God rose, light came into the world and pierced our darkness and covered our sin once and For all, this is the backdrop for Luke chapter two, and I'm gonna show you. This is what Simeon is thinking about when he sees Jesus. Luke chapter two, if you're ready to jump in and be changed, say, I am. All right, verse 21, on the eighth day, when it's time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. So there was, there was a precedent, a custom in the law that, hey, bring your, bring your child and dedicate them to the Lord and then offer, there was an offering that they were gonna be offering. And you can see that in the next couple of verses. Skip down to verse 25 though. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. This guy, this guy loves God. He's pursuing God. He's chasing after God. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, that's a very interesting word, consolation. We don't don't talk about that very often. You probably didn't use that in your vocabulary this week. Consolation. What's he talking about? He's talking about that word literally translates into help, helper. He's looking for the helper of Israel to show up the one who would help remove the sin that we could not remove from ourselves. He's waiting for the helper. And what's interesting is he says, and the Holy Spirit was on him. I love this because even before Jesus shows up, the Holy Spirit was moving. The Holy Spirit's always been working, but, but Jesus changes the game in which the Holy Spirit can work. So in the Old Testament before Christ, you have the Holy Spirit showing up and he's able to move upon people. He moves in situations. It's momentary, it's temporary. It's in different situations. Sometimes it's a lead, but it's not a dwelling. Ultimately, when Jesus shows up in what will be filled at Acts two at Pentecost, right? The Holy Spirit comes down and now he lives inside of us. So we actually have the ability because of Christ to walk in what Simeon is experiencing all the time. That's pretty cool. All right, so, so, so that's what he's experiencing. The Holy Spirit was on him and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now this had to be amazing. He's, he's, he's praying, he's listening, he's at church, maybe he's in the word, he's, just, he's talking to God and God's like, hey, listen, you're gonna see it. You're gonna see the one who was promised in Isaiah, that light, you're gonna see it and it's gonna show up. So Simeon receives a promise, but he has to wait until he receives the promise. And let's just be honest, waiting is the worst. Isn't waiting the worst? It's the absolute worst. I mean, think about it. The place that none of us want to go, but many of us, unfortunately, will end up, it's the place where Satan roams freely. It's the DMV. You thought I was going to say something else. (laughs) Why is the DMV so terrible? It's because because we have to wait. We have to wait. We like things right now. We have Instagram, Instacart, Prime, one-day delivery. We want things now, and the DMV is happy to make you wait. Take a number, and you better have all your materials ready. Show up, get all your stuff. I think I got it right. Hope, I hope. Starts thumbing through. I'm sorry, sir. But you forgot something. You're gonna have to go get it and get back to the end of the line. You're like, no! We hate waiting. But but waiting is, is oftentimes where God puts us because it's, it's, it's oftentimes where God does his best work in us. It's in the waiting. And it's really important to know this because God doesn't work in our time frame. He lives outside of time. He's watching us from afar. He knows the, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows how all of this is gonna go. And so he's not, he doesn't feel confined to operate in our time frame. So we'll make a promise. And as we are waiting for that promise to be fulfilled, he's working and he's changing and he's growing and he's developing us into the people that we need to be. In fact, let me just tell you, let me encourage you with this. If you find yourself in a, in a moment of waiting right now, if you look throughout the Bible, God often does his best work in people's lives after periods of waiting. I, I mean, if you look at uh, Joseph, he was sold into slavery. He has this vision, he has this promise, but then he's sold into slavery and he has to wait. And he has to wait, as he's waiting, his, his character is being reformed and shaped and grown. Or you look at Moses. Moses is, is, is gonna be a deliverer, but, but before he's a deliverer, he's a shepherd looking after sheep for years and years and years. Or Jesus, even before Jesus starts his ministry, he has to grow up. And then he goes into a wilderness and he fasts and he prays and, and it's after that that God uses him amazingly. You might be in a, seri- uh, a, a moment of waiting, but God may be using that waiting to work in your life, to set you up for what he has next. Simeon is waiting. He's led by the Spirit and then 27, he is moved by the spirit. I love this, moved by the spirit, he went into the temple courts. He's listening, he's waiting. And then when the spirit moves, Simeon follows. This is a great little just teaching for us on how we should walk with God. We pray, we wait, then we follow. We we pray, we wait, then we follow. Then we rinse and repeat. God, you want me to move? Great. God, you want me to stay? Great. God, you want me to go over here? Awesome. God, you want me to be married? Great. You want me to be single? Great. God, as much as I may want what I want, I don't want ultimately what I want. I want what you want because what you want is best. And I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna seek you and I'm gonna wait and then I'm gonna follow. That's how this works and this is what, Simeon is doing. He's in the temple courts and he's praying and he's waiting. He's like, oh God, you made this promise to me. And in the middle of me experience it, experiencing it, in between time of me experiencing, I'm just gonna seek you and I'm gonna serve you. And the text says that he was moved by the spirit. So Simeon is praying, he's waiting and, and he gets moved by the spirit. Now, how does he get moved by the spirit? Is it like the spirit just comes down and just kind of like a tractor beam, you know, Star Trek fans, you know, just gonna, phew, 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 bings him up. And then takes them over to the temple courts and drops them down with like a superhero landing, ready to receive God's promise. Is that what happens? No, it's not like that. When we're moved by the spirit, it's, it's like little nudges. It's like little promptings. As we're seeking God, he's like, hey, I want you to go over here. I want you to talk to this person. This person needs encouragement. And you go over to that person, you start encouraging them and you start you start experiencing the spirit lead you. Or it's a prompting like, hey, you need to to do this. You need to give that. You need to encourage them. That's how the spirit works in our life. And he works all the time in our life if we're open to it. And what's interesting for Simeon, as he's waiting on the Lord, he experiences this. And this is so powerful. This is why spending time with God every day is important. Because I want you to know that every day is not just another day just to get through and survive, every day for you as a believer, follower of Christ can be another opportunity for God to do something amazing in and through your life. God, what do you, you would start your day, God, what do you have for me? Where do you want me to go? Lord, I'm just open and I wanna be in your word and I wanna be praying and I wanna be open to your spirit so that I can step in to whatever you have and be used by you to bring light into this world. That's what God wants to do. That's what Simeon is experiencing. And so he sees, he sees Mary and Joseph and the spirit's like, that's, that's the one. That's the one you've been waiting for. And so you can pick it, up, pick it up in verse 27. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. So he sees Mary and Joseph and he goes up to him. He's like, I know this is gonna be crazy, but I've been waiting for him my whole life. And they're like, "Yeah, it, it, this whole thing's been crazy." <laughs> so he, he 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 takes he takes Simeon and or he takes Simeon takes Jesus in his arms. He starts praising God because the promise that he had had from God had been fulfilled. That's what God does; He fulfills promises. If God makes a promise to you, He will keep a promise for you. Look at verse 29, he says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised. As you have promised. That's all he says. Like he doesn't go on this long rant and you know, this little baby that I hold in my arms this day is the one that was prophesied in Isaiah. The light. You know, he just says, as you have promised, now you may dismiss your servant in peace. I want you to know this, that when God makes a promise, he's gonna keep it. And God makes great promises. You know, God makes promises to all of us. He makes promises to be with us, to protect us, to provide for us. He makes promises to strengthen us, to encourage us, to heal us. God makes promises and God keeps his promises. Know that today, know that today. And he goes goes on to say this, For my eyes have seen your salvation. Now, this is amazing. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. I see a lot of times we just gloss over this, but what he's saying is so significant, it's so profound. Think about this. He says, My eyes have seen your salvation. How did he see salvation? I mean, if you talked to to, to us, we'd be like, "Hey, are you saved?" You'd be like, "Yes, I'm saved." Well, how do you? Well, I turned from my sin, I made Christ my Savior, I prayed a prayer. Someone led me to the Lord. However, I raised my hand and I started following Jesus. I made a decision. However, that happened—it's—it's—it's very abstract for a lot of us, right? Like it's—it's a—it's kind of ethereal. It's like this faith thing, and we start following God, and He saves us. But He says, "My eyes have seen your salvation." He hasn't done anything. He's just held the one who will do everything. See, this is why salvation isn't something you do, it is someone you experience. Salvation isn't isn't a to-do list to check off of. Christianity isn't about do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs. It's about someone who makes all of us who are wrong, right. And his name is Jesus. Religion says do. Christianity says no. He says, I've seen him and I've held him. And he's realizing this is a light for revelation to the Gentiles. What does that sound like? Isaiah chapter eight and nine, right? Where all of the darkness has just covered all of the people of God. And God shines through with his light. It sounds like hope for hopeless people. It sounds like freedom for captive people. It sounds like people who've been stumbling, walking in the dark, stepping on Legos, bumping into corners. And God saying, I'm gonna turn the light on for you so that you can walk, that you can see what's what. You can know the one who wants to set you free. And Simeon praises God. Verse 33, the, the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Like, wow, this is amazing. And then Simeon says something seemingly unusual to Mary. Verse 34, then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. He's like, your child is gonna cause many people to trip up. Not the most encouraging thing you could say to a new mom. (laughs) Right? But you know what? He understands something. He understands that, that truth divides, that truth separates. For the person who receives truth, it heals them. For the person who rejects truth, it causes them to be embittered. We know this, right? We see this in our world today because theres you could say a lot of things at Christmas, but you can't talk about Jesus, right? I mean, he's not in any of the stuff. Santa, cool. Elf, cool. Will Ferrell, cool. Oprah, cool. Mariah Carey, cool. Not Jesus, you're not gonna see him in the Thanksgiving Day parade. He's not gonna be talked about, why? Because he divides, because he makes you choose. He makes you choose. I mean, just saying his name divides. And Simeon understands this for those that will put their faith in Christ, they will rise up. But for those who reject him, they will fall. He's saying, I want you to understand this is going to happen. And then he says something even weirder. And he says, And a sword will pierce your own soul too. He's talking to Mary. And he says, A sword will pierce your own soul too. That's weird. Holding this little baby, oh, isn't he precious? He's going to cause a bunch of people to fall. <laughs> and the sword's going to pierce your soul. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? I think he could be talking about a couple of things. I think he'd be talking about. A, a, a prophecy of where Jesus will be speared in the side and Mary will be there watching it. And that, that had to be piercing for a mom to see. I think it could be that. But I also think it has a deeper meaning. And I think, it's, I think it means that, that Mary, even though he's your child, you're gonna have to put your trust in him too. You're gonna have to repent over your sin as great as you are, and obviously God, you know, is using you, you're a sinner and you need a savior and, and he's the one. So it's this idea that although all of this light is shining at Christmas, the way that the light shines is when we stop trusting ourselves and we start trusting him. That's how it happens. Three quick thoughts that I just wanna give you today First of all, there is a promise for everyone. Christmas tells us there is a promise for everyone. Simeon understands there is a greater promise that is coming online for all of mankind. Because God's heart is that everybody knows him. God didn't create us in hopes that we would reject him and spend eternity away from him. That's not not the game. His desire is that none should perish. In fact, that's why Jesus came, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's promise is for everyone to believe. And that's why we're doing Christmas. As big as we are, we're handing out little invite cards. We're not making this an us for no more type of thing. We're like, let's go get them because God's heart is that none would perish. God wants everybody to come to faith. So let's open up the doors, roll out the red carpet and say, welcome home because God's promise is for everyone. That's good news. Come on church, let's give them praise today. Thank you, God. So God's promise is for everyone, but there is also a specific promise for you. It's a promise forever. It's a general promise of relationship, but then there's a specific promise of calling and gifting and anointing that God has for you. In the same way that Simeon had a specific promise, God has a specific promise for you. God doesn't want you just going through your life, putting the time in, so you can just live for the weekend. No, God wants every day of your life to be packed with meaning and purpose. Where you where he's using you to encourage and bring light and bring hope and bring in, bring strength where you grow in your relationship with him where you pray and you understand him not as not as a religious symbol but as a personal savior and you grow in this relationship with him there is a promise for you God has a promise for your life you specifically there's something he wants to do and no matter no matter how bad You've lived your life, there can be a new promise today. No matter how bad your week was this week, there can be new promise today. Light can pierce the darkness. That's the story of Christmas light piercing darkness. And it can happen in our souls and our hearts if we we'll open ourselves up to Him. And the third thing, as we get ready to, to pray, is there is the promise that has to be received. The promise has to be received. God will never make you do something that you don't wanna do. This is, this is how loving God is. He creates us out of his goodness so that we can experience his goodness, so that we can trust in him. But he lets us choose him if we want. He is good, he is gracious, he is kind. He will bring truth to our hearts that will convict us but that will ultimately heal us. And it will cause us to rise up if we put our faith in him. But we have to get to a point where we stop trusting ourselves, where we stop making life about ourselves, about our pleasure, about our comfort, about our consolation, and we make it about him. And when we do that, when we trust him, light, Like if you close your eyes and you just imagine like this was this is you, and then all of a sudden you open your light open your eyes, this light. That's what Jesus shows up, pierces the darkness of our soul today. But he has to be received. What will you do with him? Will you you ask him to come into your heart? Maybe some of you, you you're away from God, you you've done your own thing, you've chosen your own way. Will you open your heart? Or maybe you're you're a Christian but you're living a subpar reality because you're not really trusting him. You trust him with your salvation, but you're doing everything else on your own. He wants, he wants all of you because he has so much more for you than you could ever imagine. If you just look to him and say, God, I'm in and I want what you have. And I wanna follow your way. Lead me, nudge me, move me where you want me to go. And I will say yes. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this word. Thank you so much for this story, this very unique and often overlooked Christmas character and full of truth and packed with meaning if we'll just look and see it. And so Lord, I pray that you would help this help to speak to our hearts. I pray that God, you would make this so clear to us today. For the believers in here, Father, I pray that you would help us to be open to the Spirit's move in our life, to welcome you, to open our our hearts to you and say, God, lead and guide and have your way. And for those that are in here today that maybe don't understand you in this personal relationship, I pray that, God, you would make yourself so real and so very present. We open, we open our hearts to you and we say yes. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to take one moment. And I want to throw out an invitation because if you're here today and if you're being honest, you say, you know what, Scott, I don't know God in this personal relationship salvation kind of way, but I want to. If that's you, God is here. God is here. His spirit is here. And if you'll just, if you'll say yes, if you'll trust him in the same way that Mary needed to, in the same way that Simeon was, by saying, it's here. He's here. The promise. By faith, if you put your trust in Jesus, turning from yourself and turning to him. He will change you from the inside out. He will bring light into the darkness of your soul, and it will transform you, not by what you do, but what what he has already done. The spirit of God will work in your life, making you into the person he wants you to be, allowing you to experience life at its ultimate best. It starts by faith, and it has to be received. If you're here today and you're saying, man, this is speaking right to me, Scott, I I knew God at one time or, or maybe I've been to church before, but man, I, I've walked away and I wanna make a, a decision, a fresh decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, God is here. He, he has a plan for your life. All you have to do is say yes. And I wanna pray for you. Just, if that's you, would you slip your hand up all across this place? And I just wanna see it and pray for you. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, just raise it up. Yep, that's great. I just wanna pray for every person. Just hold it up until I see it if you can. I want to pray for you. If you're saying, man, I need to make a decision to follow Christ for the first time or for the first time in a long time, will you just hold your hip back there? That's awesome. Somebody else, just I want to pray for every person. Father, I just thank you for every person who's reaching out. Oh, I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would encourage them. I pray that, God, this would be a day where salvation explodes onto their heart and transforms them from the inside out, where light pierces darkness, where where hope is found. Let it happen today. And Father, we thank you for it. We give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, will you stand with me? I just wanna take a moment. And uh, I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come down to the front, if you would. If you're here today and you're saying, man, I made a decision to follow Christ and I want someone to pray with me, or I, I have a need in my body. I have a need in my marriage. I have a need um, in my mind. I need help. I need, I just need, God is here. God is here. And he wants to move in our life. And we just open our hearts to him. We, he'll move. And we have people who want to pray for you and believe God to do something powerful. So as we get ready to worship, I want to encourage you to come down. The rest of us, I think this message beckons a response from us to say yes to him, to say, God, We see you as the salvation that you are, the light of the world. And we say, yes, come into our life, come into our hearts and change us from the inside out. Would you take a minute, church, just lift your hands all across this place and say, God, we want all that you have for us. Father, we say yes to you. We say yes to your son, the promised one who came and who fulfilled so many promises just so that you could prove to us how good and how gracious you are we thank you for that and lord we want all that you have for us so lead us and guide us and direct us into your perfect plan your perfect will lord we love you and we praise you and we just give you our hearts today in jesus name amen if you need prayer come down to the front the rest of us let's just take a few moments let's worship god